0: I think for most of us in the States, it's voting season. It's, uh, it's, it's not, you know, the, the uh, odd numbered or even numbered elections. But for a lot of us, it's very important elections, some special elections for the national. But for a lot of us, it's the local elections that really matter. And there's a big election pending here and then I think November 7th in Boulder. And, uh, you know, the, the, the battle lines are drawn. And that's of course true in um, the national scene too. And so I often get questions. What is the integral position on various policies? And I I got a question from uh, one of my listeners, Ryan from Hawaii, and I think he put it really well. He says, hey Jeff, I'm wondering if you could sometime go through a list of your policy positions informed from an integral position. For example, what would be the integral perspective on universal healthcare, universal basic income, US foreign policy, immigration, minimum wage, etc.? I haven't seen much concrete stances on issues from the integral community and am interested in your take. Aloha. So, aloha to you, Ryan. And I think it's really a great question, and it's actually one I struggle with. I'm not sure I have a particularly great answer, but I'll I'll give it a stab here. Uh, I think one of the most important things to realize uh, as we work on entering integral consciousness is that we can see the evolution of humanity, of, of human consciousness and human culture. And that that evolution has millennia by millennia, century by century, relentlessly, had larger and larger groups of people and larger and larger percentages of people living more materially wealthy, decent, and peaceful lives. And that is a trend that is with uh, you know, just indelibly stamped in our history. And we can see that now because we can see history. We, we, we can see it so well. So the world continues to make that kind of progress. The country continues to make that kind of progress. And, you know, of course, the pendulum swings and we lurch forward and we go backward. But I always, um, I was never satisfied with the, the mere pendulum. And I realized that, okay, the pendulum swings but the clock itself moves and we want that to continue. And from an integral perspective, we can take some faith that it will continue. And so, yes, the sacred world is coming. (laughs) And I I know I often say that, Uh, but I I really think that I'm not sure it's much more than a hundred years away when I think about the acceleration of consciousness and culture and the acceleration of consciousness, I mean, of of evolution. And I do think that as we move into that world, we will see that, yes, universal health care will be a basic right. 60% of the American people see that as a basic right right now, which is an all-time high. Um, Foreign policy will basically be peace and prosperity for all. Trade. You know, free flow of people, money, goods, ideas, help for each other. Uh, Universal basic income. Yes, I think so. I mean, I think that uh, clearly what we will see is that our material needs will be easily met. Uh, We can actually do that now. I mean, making material wealth, we've got that down. The challenges currently are distributing that so that there aren't people who are sick with affluence and people who are sick with, sick with deprivation. Uh, and then, of course, the other thing is to create this wealth in a way that is sustainable. You know, orange modernity has a growth mentality, profit, uh, greed, you might say. Uh, and the green postmodern sensibility is for sustainability. So we're working from one to the next. You can see that actually happening. And if, if I think about immigration in the sacred world to come, there will be a free flow of people. Just like in America, you're free to live wherever you want in America if you're a citizen. And at some point that will be true of the world and if you're a citizen of the world and we'll all be multicultural and we'll all be, you know, a little less white and a little more brown and it's all, you know, just the natural, we can see that happening and there's no reason that those walls won't continue to come a-tumbling down. The rub, of course, is how do we get there? And how do we get there, particularly taking our current polarized uh, situation in our culture and politics, how do we do that uh, considering that reality? And as integralists, we want to be able to expand to include that polarity, to include both sides of the polarity, not equivocate or equalize them or explain one away uh, using the other, but to see that both of these, the, the left and the right, actually have a vision for a better world. They're both working on creating a better world for their grandchildren. And, and that right there is calls forth a relaxation of sort of that enemy other that we find ourselves fighting. And we can see, you know, what is the piece of the truth that both of these sides have? And just, you know, in simple uh, sort of energetics. Conservatives like a sort of private uh, freedom. Uh, They're suspicious of the government. They tend to be pro-free enterprise. In the left, it's the opposite. Progressives like progress through government, uh, suspicious of private enterprise. You know, I, I often say that if we want to understand why the right is so allergic to government, you know, and what animates groups like the Tea Party, just think about how you feel when you think about Monsanto. You know, it's the same kind of thing, there's, there's this malevolent force that is at work, uh, and they have to fight it. And I often think it's because traditionalists would, who tend to be on the right, who tend to be conservatives. Are literally closer. Their world space is literally closer to that theocratic, autocratic, you know, monarch stage of development where people were indeed uh, victims of their government, at the mercy of. They were subjects. Of they were subject to the government. So we want to hold that as we, you know, feel our generally liberal. Vibe in the integral community, and, and most integralists are liberal because most integralists are coming out of a mature modernity, or uh, you know, the green post-modernity, and uh, you know, there's just a natural movement towards world centrism, to multiculturalism. We we get interested in other people, not afraid of them. Uh, we understand that there has to be a collective power of government. Uh, that private power and public power are sort of independent or uh, indispensable polarities. You know, Uh, we tend to be allergic to nationalism and, you know, anything like that that, that, uh, tries to limit uh, what's good, you know, limit the idea of moral consideration. But at some point, we, you know, sort of get bored with just the liberal thing because it doesn't feel like it's enough. And that's a natural move. If you look at human evolution, all of human evolution is about transcending some limited identity in favor of a larger identity that includes more. So at some point we grow beyond our identification with our family and our clan and our race and our nation, and we can see this as we look at the history of humanity. And then the final thing that we have to give up, or we want to give up because we get bored being constricted by it, is our ideology. And that's interesting because, you know, what does it mean to be post ideological? Where I can actually, if I think of left and right, I can hold both of them. I can see what's the upside of each. I can see what is the downside of each. Uh, and you know, I don't think it's necessarily post-ideological as it is trans-ideological, in the sense that we can just naturally take all ideologies into account. And so, if we look at something like healthcare, for instance, we can see that. Yes, we're going to be moving towards an ever, just as we have been in this country since you know the 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 uh, the, the New Deal by Roosevelt and in the '60s and Medicare, that we're going to be stumbling forward in a way that includes more people and takes care of more people, and that's going to continue. And is it going to continue in 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 the way that? Uh, it did with Medicare where we have a bipartisan bill for that? Or is it going to be where the Democrats do their thing and then the Republicans come in and do their thing and we sort of do this experimentation instead of analysis and things stumble forward in that way? I mean, we're seeing that in the healthcare debate right now. Um, Is it going to be possible for, um, for the Republicans, to take the uh, pre-existing condition clause away. Most Republicans don't think so. That is sort of baked into the cake. Now, if they do, we'll see what kind of a backlash forms. And, uh, you know, we just never know how these things are gonna work. Now, that doesn't mean that if my life or somebody I love's life depends on healthcare, that I'm not gonna fight tooth and nail to see that it stays. And I think that as integralists, we can hold the bigger perspective, but we still have to get into these binary battles between this side or that side. Which slate are you going to vote for? And we, what a fight. we want to fight, we become friendlier to the whole fight. We don't demonize the enemy. But we still fight, and, and actually, dropping that sort of victimization, fear, demonization, and breathing in—you know—a bigger space that contains all uh, allows us to fight more effectively and more fiercely. I think, and also to just bring a certain peace, more peace and equanimity to the situation. I, I always think of the, you know, good old proverb about the Chinese farmer, and I know you've probably heard it, but I'll say it briefly. So there's the Chinese farmer. And the Chinese farmer has a son. And the Chinese farmer has a couple horses. So one day, the horses run off. And everybody says, oh, how sad it is that your horses ran off. And the Chinese farmer says, well, maybe yes, maybe no. And so the next day... The horses come back, and they have two mares. So all of a sudden, he has four horses. So everybody goes, hey, great, You, you have four horses now. And the farmer says, yeah, maybe yes, maybe no. So the next day, as the farmer's son is trying to tame one of the new horses, he's thrown off, and he breaks his leg and everybody says, how sad, your son broke his leg, and the farmer says, maybe yes, maybe no, because you get it. Next day, the army comes, and they're conscripting all of the healthy young men to take them off to battle and probable death, and his son is spared. So, you know, the, the, the beat goes on. And as integralists, we can sort of trust that we don't exactly know what is the right thing. We, we, I think we've become far more um, humble about our opinions, but we, we can trust that things continue to, in the longer term, you know, from a 30,000 uh, uh, foot view, get better. And if you don't see evolution, then you see what we see all around us, which are people who are just completely gripped by these political issues. And because, you know, it's, you know, when you win, you win, when you lose, you lose. And it's sort of a steady state environment. And, uh, you know, there's no bigger arc to history that's going on. And I think we can let that go and, and be even more effective. So here's how some of that has helped me. And here's some of the ways I've changed that I would actually attribute to being more of an integral thinker uh, than a postmodernist thinker. At least this is how my integral thinking helps to, you know, true up my postmodern thinking, if you will. For one thing, I'm actually more redistributive. Um, I do think that there is a case to be made That as the means of production continue to get more efficient, that the ownership of those cannot just continue to stay in the hands of um, the people who built them. And uh, if you remember uh, back in the 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 second election of of, um, of Obama, he said something about somebody was talking about they built their business and. And Obama said, well, yeah, you built your business, but what you didn't build are the roads and the army who protects you and the courts that uh, adjudicate your contracts and this whole system of uh, the lower right quadrant of America. You didn't build that. And of course, that was so horrifying that he he said you didn't build that. And uh, so that became a rallying cry for the right. But Obama was right. There is a public sector that I I don't know exactly how it's going to grow because, you know, I have enough of appreciation for the right wing, if you will, of the conservative side of the street to know that unchecked government is not a good thing, too and that there actually is such a thing as a deep state. I mean, that's a sort of a pejorative word, but they're, they're career people in the government all over the place. And they generally are liberals and they are like any organization that isn't checked. They tend to get self-perpetuating and uh, you know, find things to do and become more important and what they're doing becomes the most important thing in the world just like for me, integral is, you know, it's, the, it's the, my one hammer and, and, and that has to be checked. So, um, you know, I, I appreciate that too. Uh, I'm less of a globalist than I used to be. When I see these hollowed out cities back home where I come from, I realize that, uh, you know, the, I'm sympathetic with Steve Bannon and the Breitbart people that the middle class was sold out by the globalists uh, who wanted to make more profit. Um, At the same time, a little less tolerant of free riders. When I see people who are uh, very, very good at working the system and, uh, you know, kind of getting benefits that they ought not. And I have a friend who just quit his dentistry practice because he couldn't take it anymore. Uh, he has this whole story, and he's, you know, trump hating died dyed-in-the-wool liberal, but he tells the stories of people coming in in their Mercedes and demanding, you know, all kinds of care in their, you know, on on uh, the, the Obamacare. I, I don't know. I'm just saying that there, you know, the, the, we have to fix these things, that everything has its excesses. It's just something that we, you know, we take for granted that's just going to happen. So it, it's happening now. I was talking about the the, um, the election that's happening in Boulder, and you know the big battle is between the growth people and the no growth people. And here we have an interesting thing because it's the progressives who are actually the conservatives. They you know the progressive impulse is always to make things better to change things. The conservative impulse is to protect what we have, to conserve what we have. And those are independent polarities. And they both have to be online. Now, right now, they're very polarized. And being very polarized is actually a stage of development. And you know, there's generally a, a, you know, a, a blow up, a disintegration of a polarity, and it sort of reorganizes itself. And I think we're in the process of that. And we have that we was so lucky to have the human wrecking ball as our president because, uh, you know, maybe he'll facilitate some of that if we live through him. But anyway, so, you know, as a Boulderite, I've lived here for most of my life, 30, some five, 38 years. And I I, I know the cartoon character that each side has at the other. And I know how developers can be greedy. I do know that. I've been a developer or at least I've invested in developments and my goal in investing was to get a maximum return that's why people invest and so that is the overwhelming impulse of developers is to make money now that's a good thing but it's only one side of the pole the other side of the pole are the preservationists <laughs> and these are the other these are the people who you know, the, the, the development side sees them as being, as wanting to preserve Boulder in Amber, that, you know, they got theirs, and they don't want anybody else to get theirs. And so they want Boulder to just stay where it is. And I was out with a friend the other night, and there's this new development in the east side of town. And it used to be a, you know, a car dealer at a kind of an open lot. And it was just sort of the edge of town. And they've developed it. And it's this little sort of mini downtown area and condos on top and a restaurant. And they use the old depot from the train station. And it's, you know, kind of nice. The buildings are kooky and sideways and everything slanted. And it's got a young vibe. It's got lots of walking areas and nice bridge. There's a stream under it. There's still construction. uh, There's still some uh, heavy equipment out there. But we went out for an art opening of a new gallery that was out there. (laughs) My friend, she's very much in the preservationist camp. She said like, she felt that she was at the, the final scene of Red Desert, the Michael Antonioni movie from I think 1964, where they end up in this industrial wasteland. And you know, my, she has a, my friend, she has a very highly developed aesthetic sense and I take her seriously when she says that. And look, I looked around and I, you know, I kind of get it. Um, it was nice when that was open negative space. I'm not sure I love the car dealer and all his asphalt, but, um, you know, it's a it's a perspective that I want to actually take seriously and, you know, consider as I'm making my decisions. So, you know, one of the great things about Integral is we don't have to always get it right. You know, we're just doing our best. Uh, and... Uh, so what I'm doing is the, the more I think of it is I'm looking at these, the, there's these this big slate of city council people and, you know, they all have websites. So I'm going and looking at each one of their websites and I'm going to vote for the one who I think is the ones there's, you have to vote for, I think, four. I'm going to vote for the ones who I think are wisest. I'm just going to vote for the wisest people. And these are the people who I, you know, I'll know it when I see it. But they're generally less angry. Uh, They take more into account. And there's a lot of them. These people running are exceptional. I mean, Boulder is very lucky in that way. So it's a worthy project. And as a citizen, I want to work my way there. I want to do that. So that's my responsibility. So you know, as integralists, we want to by and large be you know aware of the of taking the whole spiral of development into account. And we want to take the position of our enemies into account, our political enemies, and not make them our, you know, sworn enemies. And we want to realize that things, you know, we sort of stumble our way forward, we fail our way forward, we fight our way forward, and we, the other F word, our way forward, in the sense that we, you know, love each other. Forward, and we see what you got and what I have, and how we can get together, and what we can do, and how we can create we spaces. And we're just doing that like gangbusters right now, um, worldwide. It's astonishing. This is the upside of you know the tech revolution. We've seen some downsides that were hidden too, and we talk about that in another, another show because it's interesting. But. Um, You know that's the bottom line is we want to vote in a way that is best we can determine knowing that we're not going to get it right all the time uh vote in a way that uh, moves the ball forward